We are playing Vampire the Masquerade. VTM only half romanticizes vampires, and a large portion of the game is about exploring just how much of a monster you're willing to become. Since this game deals with heavier issues than most games we tend to play on this podcast, I am issuing a content warning for the following subjects on basically every episode. Blood. Violence. Body horror. Abuse of all forms. Issues of consent. And torture. If you feel uncomfortable to listening to any of these subjects, please tread lightly, and we will not blame you if you skip this campaign. Thank you. So, last time, y'all figured out by basically threatening the mayor it's uh, that Prince Pilzer has been behind the ordering of breaking the masquerade for those uh, thin bloods and then you kind of fucking Sherlock brained your way into figuring out that because he has nothing to re- really to gain from all this that when he committed Dialbrae back in 1988 he lost the contest of wills and has actually been a Sabbat archbishop in Pilzer's body since then. And things are happening now. Capital H. You sure waited a long time to do this. Yeah, it's almost like this person's smart and, ha- and is capable of playing the long game. Also, how long have thin bloods been a thing? Not very long. Uh, it's only, like, you guys are 12th generation. I think Thin Bloods start at 14th or 15th generation. I'm pretty sure it's 14th. Sounds correct. Yeah. Uh, so it hasn't been very long. Yeah, so they, Thin Bloods just might not have existed when this happened. Yeah. Well, that's a perfectly reasonable explanation that I refuse to acknowledge. (laughs) (laughs) And... Then, after you were done discussing, like, you know, modes of attack and deciding y'all are staying at chorus tonight because it's probably the safest place. Uh, I went you got... home. Oh, you did? You went home? Okay, I thought you also went to... Uh, that's See, right. I knew you were going to forget this. That's why I yes. brought it up. Thank you. You guys got jumped by a couple of guys who said that they were FBI, but they were actually under orders by the mayor. They tried dousing you in gasoline and shooting you with flare guns, which would have been very bad for all vampires involved. But uh, luckily, y'all managed to get rid of them before they could actually deal aggravated damage to you. So there's that. And now I need Rouse checks from... Actually, wait, hold on, because we have a thing that... um that Jonathan would like to do. Jonathan, please roll me... What's, what was it again? Right, so, so here's the deal. Here's the deal. There's a mechanic in this game where vampires can be awake during the day. And it requires a humanity check. That is, you roll 1d10 per humanity. And the difficulty depends on how urgent of a need the vampire has to be awake. 
the example that the book gives for a difficulty three is the building that you are in is on fire and you are going to die if you don't wake up. And then it gets higher and higher from there with difficulty four being you have some urgent task or message or decision that needs to be made. Difficulty five is an inconvenience needs to be handled and it just gets harder and harder from there the less urgent it gets. So, Colin, I'd like to argue with you that this is at minimum a difficulty or at most, rather, a difficulty four. Yeah, yeah, difficulty four sounds about right. You're not going to die knowing this information tonight, so... Alright, so... uh, My humanity is not five, my humanity is eight. Yeah, your humanity is very much eight. I don't know why they would ask me that when it can just read that off of my sheet. Mm Mm-hmm. It's asking me for modifiers. I didn't know you could have modifiers for a humanity check. I don't think you can. I think it's just a default thing that the thing goes to. Okay. No no modifiers. Four. Hot shit, you did it. (laughs) Okay. So, now that the dice have said that I can successfully wake up, now I have to rouse because I do have to go to sleep at some point. So, that's a success on the rounds. You you succeed on the rounds, you do not get hungrier by falling asleep for like two minutes and then go, wait a minute, hold on. Basically, Jonathan gets like half an hour of sleep before his anxiety about this situation compels him back to wakefulness. Now, a lot of this is going to be kind of really just a lot of flavor because what's going to happen is you know Kors asleep, Salem's asleep, and the only people, the only other people awake in the house are Kors ghouls and Anna none of which are like deep into vampire politics it's still probably going to be weird when Jonathan walks out of the little bedroom he was given like a, f- a full hour after sunup and is just like pacing about the house muttering to himself like they give you kind of weird looks but you know weirder things have happened so the boss bringing over a weird friend who stays awake during the days a thing it's a thing now also in the process of just thinking all day ideally Jonathan cooks and I remember Ape saying that most of the time his ghouls just eat fast food so how's uh how do they react when a vampire starts cooking them breakfast they get a little weirded out because you're not acting like a vampire. Yeah, I imagine vampires that eat food aren't completely unheard of, but it is like a novelty, like like a party trick. Yeah. Yeah. Hey, hey, watch me scarf down this entire bag of Tostinos. <laughs> Colin, do you want me to roll to cook? Sure, go for it. <laughs> 
Uh, that's craft plus what? Oh my god, uh, craft plus intelligence. Clearly. <laughs> intelligence, I'm gonna say intelligence. Okay, and I have a specialty in cooking, so I get one extra die. Yep. That's two successes. You make I a pretty good meal. A pretty good meal for these ghouls, and also Anna. Yeah. Speaking of Anna, you can already tell, like, she's... Something's happening because she's in a... She's in a odd house filled with... Surrounded by, like, strange people and, you know, something's clearly not going right and you're awake during the day and none of this is right and you can already tell, like, when she wakes up later this afternoon, she's going to be, like... Not in a good place. Yeah. yeah. Okay, well... I also cook lunch for these people. These people are getting fed. I'm also going to learn all of their names. Okay, I did not come up with names for the ghouls. That's... Eric, ghouls. Alejandro, Sandra, and Blair. I don't know. Yeah, First sure. four names I thought of. Okay. I never really thought of names for them either. They are the ghouls. So they're getting breakfast and they're getting lunch. Now, ordinarily being awake during the day for a vampire is only supposed to last for a single scene. However, that's kind of weird to define right now. So Colin, yeah. do you want me to make the second humanity check at a difficulty three to get the up all night? Yes. Yes, I would. There you go! Again. That's a, that's actually two successes. There, that's two crits, so... Oh, damn, that's a, so that's, a, that's actually seven. No, six. Yeah. six. No, five. Five. So that's actually five successes. Rolled better than last time. So yeah, Jonathan kind of gets, like, a bit of momentum going, and it's just up all day, walking about the house, just kind of talking to himself. Okay. Well then, in in that case, other two, give me a rouse check because it the sun sets and uh, and you know you're supposed to wake up now. Well, Cor gets hungrier. Hooray! And so does Salem. <laughs> Bummer. I've stolen all the good rolls. I apologize. <laughs> <sighs> I got the two hunger, the twunger. The twunger. Uh, three, so I should probably find something to eat soon. Yeah, yeah. Core, you wake up and you just see Jonathan. It looks like he's been up all day just pacing and making food for your ghouls. Yeah, your house smells like someone's been cooking and your ghouls all look a lot more contented and, like, pleased with their lot in life than they usually do. Uh, if you feed them, they're gonna follow you home. You're not supposed to feed them after midnight. Look, <laughs> <laughs> well, it was after sunrise. There, it doesn't count at that point. I mean, once again, I'm not there. Yeah. I went back to my place. Yeah. <laughs> Look, there's a church is a couple blocks down. That's where they usually get their food. You didn't have to feed them. Did you go out and get groceries? I had them do it for me. I I can't walk in the sun, but yeah. It was weird 
he gave us a list and everything. Well, whatever. So, I take it by the fact that I'm still, you know, me and not a pile of dust that nothing happened during the day. Or at least nothing of note. Traffic aside, it was quiet as a crypt. Hmm. Not sure if that's comforting or worrying. Uh, that aside, how did you get on with the place? Well, your kitchen was good. That's really all I used. You previously described Course House as looking like complete garbage outside, but actually being fairly nice inside. Yeah. I I slept for about 30 minutes, and then I never set foot in that room again, so I don't... I haven't been able to appraise this place too thoroughly. Uh, did Anna do okay? I understand this is a difficult situation for her. Um, we're probably... She's asleep right now. When she wakes up, we're probably going to need a room to ourselves for a bit. Uh, don't make too much noise. Jonathan has a very severe look on his face at that joke. Uh, lighten up. It was a joke, Jonathan. I understood you liked those. There's a lot of things I'm willing to be funny about. This isn't one of them. Fine, fine. Uh, I am starving. Speaking of uh, sleeping... Uh, sleeping people in the house, one of your ghouls is asleep because, you know, that's how you do, that's how you roll. God, fine, okay, but I'm gonna make a stealth check. Okay, that's fair. You gotta sneak up on him, you gotta keep him on your toes. Alright, so I'm just gonna use stealth and dex. Okay, I'm gonna roll, like, 2d10 because I'm subtracting a couple of dice due to them yeah, no, you sneak up on him. Good. Yep. Alright, so, so how many pips? Let's see. Do yeah, you there's a kill chart. him? No, he's my ghoul. What the fuck? I have to ask every time, my man. Like, it, it doesn't matter. But, yeah, uh, I've kind of ruled that humans, I think, by default, in the books, have, like, five... Like, if you drain them completely, you can slake five hunger. Um, yeah. That's the only so, way to completely but you can, get your hunger to zero, right? Well, yeah, but, like, I mean, just, like, in general, like, they're filled with, like, five pips, uh, but it's only safe to remove up to two, because three is when you start getting into anemia territory. All right, well, I'll take two, and I'll have, like, an orange and some cookies when he wakes up. Okay. By the way, Core, he is a lot, like, he's more filling he tastes better. <laughs> <laughs> anyway, so, uh, Salem. Yeah? You were told last night that somebody's going to be com- coming to visit, and they're coming from Milwaukee, so in order, so by the time they get down to Core's house, it'll probably be like an hour and a half uh, from now, assuming they didn't, you know, somehow get started early. Um... 
So you probably have enough time to go hunting if you want to slake your uh, one bit of uh, hunger that you are allowed to slake without killing someone. Yeah, why not? All right. I forget. Oh, God, I don't have the book on me. Hold on one second. I'm going to go grab the book real quick. I love the I've, actually, I've actually pulled up the hunger slaking table. It, there's a specific line that says maximum non-harmful drink from human to hunger slaked. Well, that's exactly how much I slaked then, so that's nice. Congrats. Hooray. Yeah. I'm proud of you. Hunting is on page. Uh, you are going to want page 307. Osiris is manipulation plus subterfuge or intimidation plus fame. And I believe that the like house ruled that it's manipulation plus fame for yeah. yeah, Salem in particular. Right. So Salem, go ahead and roll me manipulation plus fame. Okay. I'm just rolling manipulation plus resolve because it's the same roll. Okay. You know what? With the messy critical, I am going to say that you do manage to feed, but what you don't realize until like it's the deed is done is that the person you were feeding off of, who like was totally psyched to just go into this weird alley with you and like let you sniff her neck a little bit, she was taking a selfie and the and the, the snap happened right as you bit down, so you have a good picture on her phone of you just chomp down on her neck. So, what do you do? Oh, make me do this in the, in the very first... Oh, I know. I could just use compulsion and say, hey, delete that. Yeah, okay, and she's not expecting it, and I'm pretty sure, like, it just works if they're not expecting it, so... It works on mortals as long... I, I think it just works on mortals. Yeah, it just works, well... I think it's, like, in general, is things that are not expecting it. And most mortals are not expecting it because most mortals don't know that, like, vampires actually exist. And so she's like, oh, uh, okay. And she deletes it before she tweets it out. And then I'm like, hey, sorry about that. Can we retake that? Yeah, sure, sure. I make sure there's no blood on her neck. Yeah, <laughs> Yeah, well, the thing about vampires <laughs> is that they are typically pretty good at cleaning up the evidence. Like, there's there's a thing even in the book that says, like, your saliva, clo like, closes up right. the wound, so that way there's no evidence that you bit them, so... I smile with no teeth. <laughs> good job. And, yeah, she takes the, uh, she takes the selfie. The book does say, by the way, no role is required against an unprepared mortal victim. Yeah, unprepared mortal, so but I'm, I'm ruling that mortals that are prepared for it, such as hunters or ghouls that are aware that right. of you being a vampire, will be able to roll for it. Yes, that makes sense. I shouldn't get an I win button. <laughs> yeah. All right. So then, uh, are you going to go to cores after that, or are you not going to be present for this meeting? Yeah, no, I'm going to, A, make sure this girl goes home. Mm-hmm. Because uh, I don't know how ex exactly how wanted I am right now. And while I'm willing to go out and pretend everything is normal, I would like this girl to go home so she can't be, like, grabbed out in public. Right. And then I'm going to go to chorus. 
Okay. So yeah, you get there with, I'll say like 45 minutes before Annabelle, like the earliest that Annabelle will arrive. So uh, y'all can interact with each other for a little bit until she gets there. Jonathan looks like shit. Hey, John, you look like shit. <laughs> Sorry. Let me try that again. You don't look so good, my friend. I'd imagine not. I, I've got I'm running about 30 minutes of sleep. Wait, you were up all day. Mm hmm. He made us breakfast and lunch. It was weird. You're that worried about this, huh? Yeah. Yeah, I'm that worried about this. Yeah, you know what? That's that's fair. That's fair. I, uh... Never took you for the risk-taking type anyway. I ain't got a lot to say. Yeah, I'm just kind of waiting... Core, I love what you've done with this place. I try. That's not the word I would use, but... What word would you use? Like, opposite of try. Oh, I do genuinely try to keep the place tidy. Outward appearances, regardless, I do try to make this a nice place to live. Or not live, whatever. You know what? You're right. I don't know what I was saying. So, yeah. About an hour later, there, Core, there is a knock at your door. I'm sorry, was anyone expecting company? Yes, we were. I told you last night, my sire's coming. Oh, right, Pat. All right, all right, all right. Uh, I'm gonna have one of the ghouls open the door just to be safe. All right. Are you watching from afar? Yeah. Okay, so when the ghoul opens up the door, you see a woman, and Extra is putting it mildly. Uh, she's got platinum white hair, which you are sure is dyed, uh, and makeup in a way that looks like she's wearing like half a skull, and it's like veiny all over her face, and it even runs down to like her hands. Uh, she's got fake nails that are like pointed into claws and she's wearing some extremely frilly clothing it sort of looks a it's a tasteful combination of both old-fashioned and modern and she like on anybody else it would look weird and bad but she somehow manages to pull it off and uh, she goes hello darling is Jonathan here and the ghoul goes, uh, yeah. She goes, excellent. May I come in? And uh, the ghoul kind of blinks and then looks over at you, Core, uh, as if not sure if... Uh, I just give like a little go-ahead hand wave. Like, that's why I sent you over there, dummy. He's like, yeah, uh, yeah, okay, come on in. And she goes, thank you. And she walks in and she goes, oh, well, at least the inside's not bad. I appreciate that. Thank you. You're welcome. Annabelle Montenegro. And she, like, holds out a hand to, as if to shake. 
sure. All right. I shake hands. All right. And she doesn't seem to be fucking off put by you at all. And uh, she goes, so where is Jonathan? Where is Jonathan? (laughs) In the living room on the couch. And uh, she looks over and she goes, hello, my little Mo. How are you doing today? Good evening, my sire. I'm doing poorly. Yes, I could tell such last night. Do tell me what's going on and she will move to sit down. (sighs) All right. Uh, Corp, I don't know how deep you like to get your ghouls into things, but if you want them to be hands off on this, you should dismiss them to do something. Probably a fairly good idea. Uh, boys, make the rounds. Uh, they look confused, but they nod and they head on out because, you know, you give the blood and the blood is really good. So they will all head on out. So once they're all gone, I'll take a minute and I'll tell her. So... A week and change ago, we got an order from three of the primogens to go snuff out a small family of thinbloods. Apparently they've been chronically breaking the masquerade. Oh, well. Oh. What am I doing? Where are my manners? Annabelle, this is my coterie. Corsatriano, Salem Jones. She, uh, she gives nods in hello. I wave enthusiastically. A pleasure. Oh! She points at Salem. We saw you that one night. Yeah, at my show. Thanks for coming, by the way. You're welcome. It's a pleasure. So, contrary to the orders to scorch the earth, I kept one of them alive. Wow, and you are still alive, despite a direct order from Pilzer. Yeah. We managed to stay the sheriff's hand by telling him that apparently these masquerade breaches had been ordered by somebody, and his job description involves finding out who that would be and putting a stop to it. And we weren't going to do that if we just ended all of them. Well, that's very forward thinking of you. I, at the time, I was just trying to keep somebody alive. In a manner of speaking, I suppose. In a manner of speaking, right. So we did a whole bunch of digging and we found out that the orders were coming from Mayor Emanuel. Hmm. And for a time, we thought that that meant Ward was issuing the orders, but we got Primogen Long to corral the mayor for us for a little private meet and greet. We discovered, no, it's not Ward. It's the prince. 
why would the prince want to order masquerade breaches in his own city? He spent a lot of time thinking about that. I couldn't figure on any sort of political or material gains to be had from it. So really our only line was that it was something personal. Hmm. And we do happen to know that Pilzer had an extraordinarily, exceptionally intimate interaction with somebody previously who would have very strong personal feelings about Thin Bloods. I see. Go on. So our working theory is that that isn't actually Pilzer. He lost his Dialpre to Lebrun all those decades back. And Thin Bloods are a pretty recent phenomenon. So Lebrun hasn't really had anything to set him off until now. He's finally got the city set up the way that he likes it to start purging them. Hmm. That's an interesting theory, I suppose. Now, of course, item number one is proving this. I mean, the way I see it is that we're done and dusted, whether or right or wrong, so we may as well go out swinging. That's an interesting way of looking at your unlife. I, on the other hand, would prefer to stay existing, if you don't mind. So, maybe we should try and go ahead and figure out some way of proving this. Alright, well, proving it is specifically why I thought to call you. I don't suppose you ever gave Pilzer a listen to before he took his position. No, no, unfortunately, I did not. But I know someone who did. I'm listening. Monterio. All right. He's been here almost as long as Pilsa. Can he do what you do? Yes, he can. Oh, thank goodness. I really didn't know what we were going to do if we didn't have somebody use that discipline. Well, there's always Malkavia Prime, but Malkavia Prime and I, not exactly the best of terms. They are a little difficult to deal with. Yes, yes, especially when you don't believe that bullshit that it says when it says that it's the combination of all Malkavians that have been embraced since the seventh generation. I just, I try to ignore that when I deal with them, really. I mean, for all I know, it could be telling the truth. Hmm. Stranger things have been known to happen. I suppose. Ah, 
It's the Botkin poses Camarilla princes for decades. This world is full of weird nonsense. Now here's the thing, I was here for that particular little incident. I just hadn't had the ability to to look at souls at the at that time. And let's just say that Archbishop Lebrun, he was immensely clever for even by Camarilla standards. Hiding your hunts as gang wars for three years? The only reason that they were even caught was because Fishface managed to get wind of it early. He would have probably hidden in the city for a decade or more otherwise. Right, so... He's at least smart enough to not let anybody get... to not let just anybody get close to him. Yes, and also likely access to all of Pilzer's memories, so knew how to handle them, knew their deepest, darkest secrets, and knew how to run the city in a manner that keeps him unsuspicious. Yeah, he's, uh, he'd effectively have 50 years of experience. So... Now the question becomes, how do we solve this? Obviously, we have to get Montenario to scry Lebrun, I guess, and just do a comparison. We'll, we will have to pray to whatever deity still cares to listen to us that he remembers what his aura should look like, or ever looked at it in the first place. But assuming we can get him in, and assuming he's able to scry properly, and assuming that the comparisons don't match, and we positively identify this old Sabat as our prince, what happens then? At that point, a voice appears next to you on the couch, and he goes, Well, we get the primogens to call good old-fashioned blood hunt. It's a fucking core. <laughs> I thought this place was secure. I... As secure as we're gonna get. Fuck. I'm not perfect. Oh, that's what that roll was for. Yeah, yeah, I accidentally rolled one publicly, but no, I, I did roll your guys' sense the unseen privately to myself and then compared it to his uh to his shit and he got one more success than Jonathan. God damn it. <laughs> Shame you can't spend willpower to re-roll since the unseen. Guess that would defeat the purpose. Yeah. Yeah. Or have Colin ask me if I want to rouse for no particular reason. Yeah, that's not <laughs> happening. That's not <laughs> happening. Yeah, okay. Okay, well. Okay. You're in you're in the house and you know what's going on now. I just I'm going to let that one ride. Oh okay. yeah. I've known. I've been in the house basically before. I've been in the house before she has been. And uh points his thumb to Annabelle. Yeah. Okay. Fine. But on the plus side, you can see me. 
sure. That is a good point. We're not dust. We're not. Y'all aren't staked and shoved outside to watch a final sunrise. Yeah, right. I'm going to assume there's a yet on the end of that sentence. Oh, 100%. Because let me tell you, if it turns out that Pilsner isn't LeBrun, you're all going to have a very, very bad night. Yeah. God, I, I figured. I figured this was all conditional. So, getting all the primogens together to declare a blood hunt against a prince. Good idea. On paper. <laughs> However, Ward and Olsen. Yeah, Ward and Olsen. Now, I've... I was up all day thinking about this, and it's around here where my thoughts started circling. Where exactly do the primogens derive their authority? It's just from the prince, right? Correct, as far as I'm aware. Okay. So, what happens if an entire clan decides that it disagrees with its primogen. Not much in this city, honestly, because Pilsner's word is law. Yeah, but see, here's the thing about that is... And again, this is predicated on us being able to prove this definitively. Any Sabbat power in the Camarilla is illegitimate from the word go. The Sabbat were founded at the same time as the Camarilla, and that's because two clans said, fuck all of you, we don't care for the way you do things. They've been our enemies since second zero. There's no way that LeBrun's word actually carries any law if we prove that he's LeBrun. Big if there. We have to work with the hypothesis that we have, right? Yeah, we have to we have to assume that we're correct. Now, outside of that, there's other problems. What do we do if we go to the primogens and we tell them what's up and we even bring Montenario as testimony that we're correct and all of them just say, so what? We like the power we have. What happens at that point? Uh, we're done. It's plain and simple, we're just done. Uh, if it makes you feel any better, that's not very likely to happen. I hope not. Well, like, presumably they all stick with this arrangement because they prefer it to anything that the Sabbat would in the state. So it's in their best interests to root out the Sabbat in any way. And I don't think any of them really liked Pilsner in the first place. There are one, there's one thing vampires are. Stank guy. It's factional. Well, I mean, Ward is Ventru, so. Yeah, but at the, at the very least, there would have been clan solidarity there. Although we might actually be able to pull that because 
having a Sabat pose as a Ventru for very nearly three decades, that'll probably get under Ward's skin pretty thoroughly. Maybe we just need to appeal to his pride. Like, the scenario of they all go, eh, not my problem, is pretty low, because you're going to get, at bare minimum, one or two clans that go, well, you know, fuck that guy. Yeah, I mean, at the very least, the Bruja are one step out from Anarchs, and the opportunity to topple a prince is going to be delicious. So I turn to Annabelle, and I say, so, I did have another thought. Yes. Well, two others. Two others. Two others that have the sort of same starting point. What if we just go over all of their heads with this one? There's two routes for that. The first is... And I know that I'm I'm sleep-deprived because this is psychopath shit, but... What's stopping us from just, like, buying a whole bunch of burner phones, calling each other, and hollering all night about Reiner Pilsner is actually a super powerful vampire. He has enormous amounts of political power. He runs Chicago. This is where he sleeps. And just let the Second Inquisition handle it. Oh, I can answer that one for you. All his contacts in the FBI that keep us safe will 100% be turned around against you. And the second, the minute you make that sort of call is the minute he starts pulling in favors, starts turning in blackmail, starts putting in the bribes. And guess what? You just called the second inquisition on your fucking self. Yeah, okay, noted. So the other going over his head idea, what if we get Pilzer red listed? What if we just take this problem straight to the inner circle, get adjust a car, or at least a couple of Archons down here to handle it? If anybody is going to take offense to a Sabbat holding power over a Camarilla Center, it's, it's going to be the inner circle. The problem with that is they're going to also require proof. And even then, they'll take a good long time going over it, far, far longer than I'm sure our lovely group will take. So, if we find that proof and give it to the primogens, we could solve it ourselves a lot faster than the inner circle possibly. Also, even if the primogens don't go for it, a few of them will, and in the chaos, that's our best chance of getting the hell out of the city. So, I think that's our best bet. Okay, so... Our shot right now, our best plan right now, is getting a blood hunt called with all the primogens backing us. And one way or another, that still means step one is we have to go talk to Montenario. Yeah. It's that definitely sounds like the right move to me. Like we're just gonna have to take this a step at a time rather than try and plan this all out in advance. Just trying to see how many ducks I can line up before we had to start pulling triggers. Yeah, no, it makes sense. (sighs) 
if it were me, if we get, so if we get Virginia on our line, on our uh, side, then we go to his allies, the people that will believe him. And from there, we try to go to their allies. And obviously we can keep going down that line till we get to, I don't know. Olsen will probably have to go last just because nobody likes Olsen. So maybe we'll just have to appeal to something that he cares about. He's a Toreador, right? They like people. They like art. Yeah, really the only one who likes Olsen is Ward. So that would be our only wedge. Which means we would have to pull Ward first. And that what that is 100% by design. Yeah. God damn it, Pilsner, you have made our job of dethroning your usurper extraordinarily difficult. If he even is a usurper. Because remember, I'm still waiting on proof myself. I haven't forgotten, Sheriff. I, for one, appreciate the waiting. I'm cool with not being deader. Well, to be fair, I'm supposed to be staking y'all right now, so that's a plus for y'all. You're lucky I just walked in on you talking this little thing. Actually, who gave that order? Pilzer. Of course. Yeah doesn't necessarily like the fact that y'all have left that one thin blood alive despite his direct orders, so he's I'm assuming tying up some loose ends if he actually is LeBrun. So that's the reason he sent you is because we, uh... Yeah, the reason he sent me was because you directly contradicted an order and it has been too long and the one who did the act of contradicting is already a masquerade preacher, so... Alright. I shrug. Well, I appreciate you not immediately tossing us out to see the morning sun. Well, y'all for sticking, now. You all are sticking together. It would have made my job a little more difficult. Well, I say we get going before the uh, good sheriff's patience runs out. That's a good idea. Annabelle, do you know where Montenario makes his bed? I do. I can have my driver take us all there. I'd appreciate it so much. Anything for you, my little mom. All right, everybody get your shoes on. And at that point, Stank Guy just sort of steps into some shadows and you lose him. Can I actively roll since the unseen? Yes, yes you may. I'm going to roll, make my rolls in secret. Give me a second. Four successes. You don't see him. Aw, oh, damn it. Okay. That was the best roll you could have gotten to, jeez. I don't even try. Absolute. Well, I could have gotten a second 10. Yeah. If you had gotten a second 10, you would have seen him. 
that would have been six successes instead of four. I, I don't even try. I know better. <laughs> Alright. So then, Annabelle gathers you all into her car and she has her driver take you all from Englewood across the Chicago River and up to Little Village. And uh, there she takes you to a fairly nice apartment building and she buzzes Montanero's number, which ha does not have his name on it. And, uh, and she goes, darling, it's me. May I please come up? And then you hear a buzz click and the door opens and then you hear him go you may and she goes fantastic let's go and uh she walks in after you little Noel. there is precisely one person on the planet who is allowed to call me that core it's not you yes core there is and if you call jonathan that again i will rip you apart bit by bit Hmm. Fine, spoil my phone. I'm sure you can come up with some other clever nickname, old man. Just try to try to have it personalized to yourself, not other people. Anyway, you take you take the elevator up to the high rise, and uh, you enter the apartment, and it's nice. It's it's kind it's it's it, well it would be nice if it wasn't for the fact that it is just surrounded in blood wizard shit. There's some definite stuff in jars that are just floating in there. Uh, there's an alchemy table that's got some shit going on there. There is a person who has been relieved of their chest skin and has been has the, had their rib cage opened up and uh, and you know. Montanero is probably poking around on, in the organs there and you see him walk out and he's like wiping the blood off of his hands with a uh, with a towel and he goes, I was not expecting company otherwise I would have cleaned up a bit of a mess and he says that while looking at the corpse <laughs> See in here I thought this was all aesthetic <laughs> Is that in character? Yes. Okay. He, he goes, half of it is. Uh, it doesn't bother me. Jonathan is trying to restrain himself from turning on his vampire wizard eyes and looking around. Actually, everybody except for Jonathan, please make a composure and etiquette role to avoid just like really wanting to start eating the body okay jeez oh, yeah Jonathan doesn't need to make it because he has a uh, non-con uh -oh. eating flaw uh oh I already ate before I got here yeah but the beast doesn't care Hey, and that's that's not enough either. Uh, you two start eyeballing the body pretty hard, and Montanero goes, oh, 
of go indulge yourselves. Wait, hold on. I only have one hunger. Never mind. <sighs> I'm, I'm sorry. It's just... I'm not going to, but it's just, it's, it's a little distracting. Is there a different room we could do this in? Uh, he gestures for you to follow, and he leads you into a library, which does not have jars and shit floating in it. It's a actually rather nice library. Just Lots of big old books, too. Mm-hmm. The older the books are, the bigger they get. <laughs> Yeah, it's like wine. They just get bigger with age. They just absorb <laughs> more stew from the air. They're like, Books are sponges. Little known fact. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and, um... Uh, Chloe, uh, do you have points in etiquette? No. Okay. Yeah, I was wondering why it was just a composure roll for you See, and not an etiquette roll. I have one point in etiquette and two in composure, so I just completely fucking failed that roll. No, I have zero etiquette. <laughs> it turns <laughs> out. Rip. No chill. You would think I would, actually, but no. <laughs> no manners on this bitch. So, he sits down in a nice big leather chair, and uh, there's no other seats in here because he's usually by himself. And he goes, so, what do I owe this pleasure? I, I look at Annabelle because she's... She's the highest ranked person in the room besides him. And so if she wants to lead this, she's gonna. If she motions at us to take it, I will. She motions at you. It's your discovery after all. Yeah, all right. <sighs> By the way, Colin. Hmm. How does Virginio like people to talk to him? With the exception of Pilzer, he likes Baby to... voice. <laughs> he, he prefers to be talked to as if he is the most important vampire in the room, because he usually is, and that basically anything you say, you should kind of put on a thin layer of feeling like you're inconveniencing him, but don't lay it on too thick, because then he gets annoyed. Got it. And does he prefer any particular method of address? No. Not since the pyramid fell. Okay. <sighs> okay, so I can't call him my primogen, because he ain't. I ain't got one of those. Well, you can call him my primogen, it's just be a little insincere, maybe a little off-putting. I'm trying not to be that right now. Yeah. So instead... <sighs> I apologize for disrupting your night. Permagen, Ontario. <sighs> the job that you conveyed to us a weekend change ago to eliminate the thin bloods has brought a piece of information to light that we felt could only appropriately be brought to you. We have 
been told by Mayor Rahm Emanuel that the orders that were being given to the Thin Bloods to break Masquerade were coming from Prince Pilsner himself. Interesting. And as I'm sure you're aware, the prince would have nothing material or political to gain from this. So our only thought is that it would be a personal grudge. And while we don't have any reason to believe that Pilzer would hold something against Thin Bloods outside of the controversial nature of their existence, we do know that Pilzer entered into a very particular contest with somebody who did. Are you suggesting that Prince Pilzer is actually Dave Lebrun? It is absurd to even suggest, I know, but it is the only conclusion that we can come to. So, yes, sir, that is what I am suggesting. That is a very large, very interesting leap, but not impossible. After all, Pilzer was not exactly the most human out of all of us, and as we and if my theories on Diabre are correct, the more human you are, the easier it is to win that particular contest. If the broom, being as powerful and old as they are, it is likely. We will have to confirm this. And by that, I mean all four of us, together. Because if it is not true, and I put my neck on the line for three twelfth generations who are, quite frankly, making it fairly big, if not unprecedented leap, I'm going to have him take it out on you instead. As is only appropriate, sir. Entirely agreeable. Anything to secure your cooperation in the matter. Very well. Annabelle, you may stay in the city for the night. As usual, you have Archer Heights to work with. Thank you, my primogen. I graciously accept the invitation. Well, you three have fun. Try not to die. I'll be very disappointed if Jonathan dies. I will do my level best not to spoil your experiment, Annabelle. Uh, at that point, she gets up and leaves, and Montanero uh, stands up and uses an old, like an older phone to call down and gets a car prepared, presumably by a ghoul or maybe just even a mortal who just thinks that he's just working for some rich weirdo who likes to keep things in jars. And you head down, you get in the car, 
and you drive to the loop. Specifically, you drive to Sears Tower. But first, before we leave, he has to turn off the phonograph and he has to wind the car up so that it runs. He's got to put on his driving goggles. Ah, Quar must feel right at home. He'll steal it. No one will ever know. <laughs> so on the way over there, uh, I'm going to talk to my coterie unless... Virginio gives me a look like I need to shut the fuck up. Nah, you're good for now. I know what I say. Okay, so he's going to ask why we're there. What do we tell him? That is an excellent question. We probably should have considered before we headed over. I've already considered it. I'm going to bring him to you and tell and have you apologize for not following the orders and that they have action that they have been taken care of. You come to think of um, it, what is Luke doing today? Yeah, I, I'm a, I'm a literally about to ask that. Um, sir, just to confirm, have you disposed of the thin blood I kept no. alive? Okay. No, we are keeping him under close watch. Thank you so much. And if what you say is true, he's going to be a very, very key witness for what is going to be a very long night tomorrow night. And you can tell he's like he's he's got his like one one hand like fisted up and like another hand resting on top of it. And he's just thinking. I know what this exact feeling is like you are like at work. And everything's going fine, and then suddenly something that really, really, really shouldn't break breaks. <laughs> yeah, it's like when I was working in the cafe and the Sunday machine was being cleaned. And it's right there. You can see it being cleaned. And somebody walks up and says, can I have a Sunday?" And I say, no, we're cleaning the Sunday machine. Just like that oncoming feeling of things aren't bad yet, but shit's about to be bad. So, you get up to the Sears Tower, and I'm going to keep calling it the Sears Tower because I know the name has changed, but everybody in Chicago still calls it the Sears Tower, so it's the Sears Tower. The Tower? Yep. And... You eventually make your way up to the 110th floor. And I don't know what the actual 110th floor is like in the Sears Tower in real life, but in this game, it exists as Pilsner's personal office. Basically, the entire floor. There's a nice big waiting room and then a nice, like, ostentatious hallway that leads to the door that is actually his office. There's, like fountains there it's got some nice paintings and of course you you guys were announced ahead of time and Montanero opens up the door and it's on the floor everybody has has the dinosaur yep and there you see in front of you is a man who looks like he was embraced in his middle age he's got some 
pepper in his hair. Uh, he's very clean shaven. He's got very nice suit on. He's got a very nice watch on. He's sitting behind a very nice desk. You can probably guess it's mahogany of some sort. I was going to say, is this genuine mahogany? Mahogany. Yes. Mahogany. 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 Glad that we all remember that exact joke. <laughs> <laughs> and he is sitting there with his fingers steepled, and uh, he says, This is them. Yes, it is, sir. And I believe they have something to tell you. And then he steps to the side to let you all take it. All right, Colin. How does Pilzer like to be talked to? My prince! Okay. (laughs) Does he prefer if we stand, kneel, bow? What does he like? He wants you to stand, but also not look him directly in the eye when you're addressing him. Yes. Okay, so... That's slightly down. Looking past his left ear. Got it. Mm-hmm. That's how he likes to be... So he likes to be addressed as my prince. How does he like to be talked to? Does he prefer frank language? Deferential language? Does he, like... Does he always address people specifically when he wants them to talk? Or are people free to talk until he cuts over them? You're free to talk until he cut until he cuts over you. And um, as far as the other ways preferred, he prefers deferential, but he also admires people who are a bit frank as well. So like the faster you get to the point while still being deferential, the better with him. Okay. Now, I know I've done a lot of talking so far, but we're going to have to lie here. And uh, my lying dice aren't good. So can we maybe have the person who's got all the lying dice take this one? We have lying dice? Lying dice? Where are the lying dice? Uh, which one's the lying stat again? Is it subterfuge? I feel like it'd be manipulation. <laughs> It's manip- it's gonna be manipulation plus subterfuge. Well, my subterfuge is not great. Uh, my subterfuge is zero, but my manipulation is two. Same. I've got four dice total. That's double mine. Unless Colin's gonna let me roll on fucking politics. Uh, nope. You've got the best no. dice for the job. This is not a politics talk. This is, you have to lie to the fucking prince and get away with it or you die. Yeah. No pressure. (sighs) All right. So manipulation plus subterfuge. Yes. Damn, I was really hoping you'd give me persuasion, but. uh... (laughs) (laughs) All right. I was really tempted to try to pop off, but I thought maybe that might piss him off. So I won't. (laughs) Well, wait, hold on. Technically, you would only be rolling subterfuge if you specifically have to lie. If you tell a bunch of half-truths and avoid, you know, dance around it, you could probably get away with persuasion right up until you actually have to lie. We'll see what rolls Colin yeah. demands. Yeah, I, I've, I would like to hear what Salem has to say first, and then I will decide what the rolls will be. Oh, never mind. Awe oh, doesn't even apply to this. 
So it's a good thing I didn't bother. By the way, Salem, I would have told you, like, in the car, don't be afraid to say that this is my fault. It is my fault. I'm the one who kept him alive. Me explicitly, not the rest of you. Don't feel the need to disguise that. Hmm. Noted. Also, definitely don't tell him that, you know, the whole reason we kept them alive is because we wanted to find out what was going on behind the scenes. We bad. Just like, we wanted to try and root out any remaining. Which, if, which, by the way, was actually the truth. Because at the time we weren't thinking, oh, let's blow this shit wide open. We are thinking, okay, well, we got one alive. See if there are any more hiding around. Well, my initial reason was I wanted to save a life. Yeah, but that's I wanted also the... to try and I wanted to try and find some kind of out for this guy. Yes, that's your specific reason. The rest of us were just like, yeah, all right. If we go back with more, we'll have like a bonus or something. And then we, you know, fucked up a whole lot. <laughs> yeah. Do you want me to talk and then roll or roll then talk? Because I've got this roll queued up. Talk and then roll. Okay. My prince, I can't apologize enough for our gross incompetence in this matter. We thought we could make a name for ourselves by going above and beyond what you might have expected from us in trying to root out a, a core cause behind the breaches of the masquerade. But we've come up with nothing, and I beg your forgiveness. And not go I'm going to say as little as possible. I'm going to uh, no modifiers. I'm going to spend well, willpower. Yeah, I'm going to spend willpower. I assume you want me. Oh shit! I should. I was gonna rouse before I wrote roll yeah. that. You know what? You know what? Because you've com- it, it's a heat of the moment thing. You completely forgot. I will allow you to rouse retroactively. Okay. Oh, I failed my. Okay, you failed, so you get hungrier, but you still get the extra dice. So, uh, go ahead and roll that now, because that might be the difference between you needing to spend willpower or not. Okay. I put a two instead of an R. Somehow. <laughs> I'm not quite sure. You don't need to spend that willpower. You do not need to spend that willpower. You are fine. <sighs> and he goes, your ambition is admirable. And I cannot fault you for that. The fact that you haven't turned anything up, however, despite that, is a bit disappointing. But in the end, some things are just how they are. So, for this, and for the fact that you all seem to be genuinely apologetic for doing this, you said it was taken care of, correct? He talked to me or Virginia? Uh, he talked to you. It was taken care of, meaning that Luke is dead? Yes. 
Oh. Technically, that's a really ambiguous phrase. <laughs> what I can just say, we have the, the matter is well in hand. The thin blood has been taken care of. <laughs> that's the same thing. Anyway. Yeah, and? Whatever. Very well. Montanero, I'm sure you know that I'm busy, and I know that you're busy, so if you could just take them and... And uh, Montanero goes, of course, my prince. Follow. And uh, when you walk back out into the hallway, Montanero says very quietly, do not say a single word until we get back to my lair. Nod. Nod. Smile. And it's a very... Very quiet trip back. Jonathan is vibrating the entire time. Get up to the apartment and you cross into his nesting place and he goes, That is not the same aura I saw before 1988. Holy shit, we're alive. Uh, Jonathan begins cackling like a maniac. I did not expect to survive that. Yes. Well, now we have our... Now the real work begins. Because back in 1902, Pilsner was rather paranoid about losing his position as Prince of Chicago, so he asked me to do several things to him. The first of which was casting a ritual to turn his heart into stone, making him immune to being sticked. It's a pretty good ritual. Well... That complicates matter. Does, matters, doesn't it? Yes. What are the downsides? Not, to be honest. That's a pretty good ritual. I assume it's just time and resources intensive. On top of that, he had some rather interesting surgery, so his heart is not where normally it should be in a body like that. Luckily for us, I was the one who did that as well, so I know where the heart is. And also, luckily for us, I tend to not put too much stake, and I make plans ahead of time. I managed to find a ritual to create a stake that would be able to pierce that stone heart. The good news is that all you would have to do is get the stake and bring it to me, and I will be able to finish the ritual, and from there, you will be able deal with Pilzer, hopefully legally, but I'm sure complications will happen with that as well. The bad news is, you will not be able to do it tonight. It is an hour and a half outside of Chicago, in a haunted mental institute that was abandoned years ago. Oh, great. Well... Oh. Honestly, are there any other kind? Is there any other kind of abandoned mental institute, really? You'd be surprised how many are not actually haunted. However, hmm. I chose this one specifically for its peculiar defenses and its ability to keep mortal and kindred alike away from it due to its nature. So, you would have a safe route to the stake. Yes, I would. 
may we have it? Uh, he will tell it to you. Uh, and then he goes, I've not been up there in many years, so this information is a bit outdated. The ghosts may have changed their patterns a bit. Snake, they've switched their patrol routes. <laughs> I do not believe ghosts patrol. That was in character. No, no, no. I like to imagine that you you were speaking in character, and he does not know. He 100% does not know it's a video game reference. Uh. <laughs> a banshee. What's an Irish ghost doing all the way out here in Chicago? <laughs> Meanwhile, I will have to be trying to convince the Primogen that we would need to call a blood hunt on the prince, who is not actually the prince. That is going to be interesting. Is there any way that we can help? I can be convincing. Which would you think is less dangerous? Walking into a bunch of ghosts, the worst they could do is throw some rocks at you, or walk into a lion's den where six incredibly powerful people were ready to ready to tear your throat out at any minute due to any slight infraction. I want the ghosts. I guess it depends how angry the ghosts are. I can't usually talk to ghosts. It's up to you. And I 100% did plan if one of you wanted to go with... Montanera, I I will let you go. This is not me railroading you into going to the spooky asylum and like fighting ghosts. This is like if one of one of you wants to stay behind and do the political stuff, go for it. Can you punch ghosts in this? I forget. If you do it right. <laughs> anyway, so like Jonathan's blood magic shit is probably the most useful against ghosts. Hold on, I'm I'm looking at the book right now. There is a a bit near the end called Antagonists, and it has a subheading Creatures of Horror, and under there there is a subheading Spectre. Alright. Is dead... listed like box punchable chat? Uh, so before <laughs> I before I read this, Colin, do you want me to make a roll to know these things? Yeah, I kinda do. Uh, intelligence plus occult. Who's got the best occult numbers? I have one. I have zero I occult. Two in occult. I have I three think. intelligence. Yeah, two in occult. I'll be rolling a total of four dice. I would roll the same amount of dice, so it's your game. Alright. Uh, I haven't I haven't done a roll today, I don't think, aside from that. What's oh. in the front? So. Unless parapsychology uh, would give me an extra dice, in which case it would be five. Colin? Hmm... Yeah, I mean yeah, that, that seems like this sort of shit. Yeah, that yeah, I was I was thinking, yeah, yeah. Okay, then ignore that rouse. Alrighty then. Let me Do I want to rouse again? Uh, why not? Yeah. Cool, I hey, did it. Hey, you did it. Nice. <laughs> Alright, so I'm rolling six dice. Do cool. not get hungrier. Alright. Intelligence plus a modifier of two. I 
Got three successes. That's enough to know the stuff in the book. Yeah. Okay. So. <laughs> wow, Salem, you sound different. <laughs> see, it has a list of attributes, secondary attributes, skills, disciplines, specials. Special, I think, is what we want here. It is yes. not possible to strike a specter unless it takes solid form. Only dark magic or an exorcism performed by a priest or inquisitor can banish, destroy, or enslave a specter. A specter possesses a mortal using a power equivalent mechanically to the possession power. Spectres use manipulation plus drive to control a possessed human into performing functions they would normally avoid. Spectres use dexterity plus brawl to hurl objects telekinetically. Yeah, so no, you can't hit them. You have to use dark magic or exorcism via priest to actually get rid of ghosts. So this isn't going to be a combat situation. This is going to be sneaky and dodgy if it goes wrong. I'm good at that too, though. Yeah. It's almost like I planned this entire thing for you guys. I'm not a sneaky or dodgy person. Maybe we'll get lucky and like a ghost hunting crew will have shown up at the exact same time. (laughs) Well, my dex is one and my survival is, or my stealth is zero. So this would not be a an environment that I thrive in. You have, uh, like, blood magic. You can do some stuff. Does does that count as dark magic? Or is dark magic like the yes, human wizard for this, magic? For the, for the sake of making the game fun and giving you options, yes, blood magic counts as dark magic. Okay. Is there, like, a an problem? actual difference? Kind of, I think... I know that blood magic is different from regular ass magic in World of Darkness. So the issue is, is that I have two blood sorceries. One of them requires me to taste someone's blood and lets me learn about them. The other makes other vampires hungry. Neither of which do anything against ghosts. Not applicable. Yeah. All right. Don't actually have combat skills here. So this is more Core's deal. Yeah, I think this is 10,000% your bag. Core, this is a sneaking mission. You'll have to secure supplies on site. (laughs) Whereas I've got a bunch of dots in politics and Salem has a bunch of dots in talking. So we might be better served helping bring people around. Well, good luck with that, guys. I'm gonna go deal with ghosts. Actually, wait, hold on, hold on. I thought of something. One of you might wanna have, might want to go anyway, because since the unseen will come in real handy there. Ah. Uh, oh yeah, I fucking thought about that, and then I just, just flew out my ear like a fucking fly. Yeah, I again, I'm not trying to railroad you guys into doing this, but I. Just, just expressing my thoughts. One of you might want to go along with. I mean, I have premonition. <laughs> I don't have sense the unseen. Oh. Okay. Well, I have heightened senses and premonition. That's it. Hmm. I have sense the unseen. So, 
so now it's an escort mission. <laughs> yeah, the issue becomes that I'm the one with the special eyes, but I'd be shit at all the, like, things you actually have to do in order to not get murdered. I don't think ghosts are capable of killing a vampire. It seems to be that they can possess mortals, so that doesn't apply to us. But they can throw objects telekinetically, which would just be superficial damage. Unless somebody's, like, got a bonfire going nearby, we're okay. It'll suck a lot, but we'll be fine. Yes, but it actually can add up. Like, you can be reduced to a pulp and die that way. So it is possible to die by just stacking a ton of superficial damage. Yeah, but you guys have ways of, like, healing superficial damage super fast. (sighs) Okay, so... I guess the move, then, I'll go with Kor to the Asylum. And Salem, do you want to stay behind in the city and help with talking? It's about all I'm good at. Okay. I will have my phone on and on silent if you need to ask me things. You can just talk via text. I will do my best not to, uh die please and thank you at the very least I can see uh, convincing everyone except Ward and Olsen and this includes Stankai who will have to be present for the, for the meeting though oh oh sir sir he's already on board he's extremely on board as soon as he knows that Stankai this... Stankai knows hmm. uh, he's Stinkai knows what we're doing and hasn't killed us, so that's about as on board as we'll probably get him. Hmm. Very good. If I may offer... No, I wouldn't even start with that. I would not try and offer insight to this man. No, he would not... I'm not going to give him advice unless he asks me for my thoughts. Well, tomorrow we all have a very long night ahead of us. So, I would suggest going back to your particular hidey holes, getting a good day's sleep, and in the morning dealing with this whole thing. Aye, sir. Again, thank you so much for your incredible generosity in this matter. He nods and then thinks and goes, If any of you do run into Stankai tonight, please let him know that I wish to see him about a rather sensitive matter. Of course. And then we get back to the safe house and the Santa guy's just playing Mario Kart with the ghouls because he didn't have <laughs> anything else to do. Like his one job tonight was kill 
No, no, he has other jobs that he has to do tonight, but like 100%, uh, hold on a second. Let me, let me do some fucking rolls here real quick. Uh, Is Stenkai in the fucking room? No, he's not, he's not in this room. He's not in this room. He can't sneak up on the Primogen. He's not that good. This, the second we open the front door to Kor's place, I am actively searching for this asshole. Yeah, you might actually see him. Go ahead and uh, wits plus awareness. Awareness. Yep. Okay. He's hiding traditionally. Four dice total. Four successes. One of them yeah. is. I'm not gonna count the bloody critical. This. That's. Uh, yeah, you actually do see him. He's like spidered on top, on like the corner of a ceiling, just like Sam Fishering, and like it, it takes you a hot second to see him. And you're like, oh shit, he's up there. Okay. No, 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 no. Okay, so I'm actually going to have the messy critical matter here, and I'm prepared okay. to have my character take aggravated fucking damage in order to act this out properly. Okay. <laughs> we all walk inside. I don't know if Salem just broke off to go back to their place, but once we get in there, I am actively scanning the room, wizard eyes and all. I find him. I put my hands on my pocket, and I just stone-faced look at him, and I say, Really? And he just drops down. And uh, he walks up to you, and he's like, You're lucky I'm not here, actually here to kill you. Shrug. Oh, uh, about that. Yes. Turns out we're correct. Uh, uh, Montanero uh, has requested to speak with me. Oh, it's not often he actually requests to speak with me. That's interesting. A lot of interesting things are going to happen, apparently. Oh, yeah, it's going to be a no- It's going to be a busy fucking night tomorrow. <laughs> I thought we at least came back to the point to Core's place because my car is there. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> He's like. Well, best not keep them waiting. And uh, he walks out, and then a car drives around, and he gets in it, and he starts driving north towards Little Village. Get it next to Medium and Big Village. Mm-hmm. Well, that was a night. How you? Uh, how's your heart doing? Well still dead but did not expect to make this make it out of this one you know with my head still on my neck so doing pretty good things considered yeah can't wait for tomorrow night Ah, should be a blast Jonathan, one of the ghouls comes up to you and says, hey, that that girl you brought with you, she's kind of freaking out in one of the bedrooms. Oh, Jesus Christ. Okay, um, how long? How long she's been like this? Uh, well, she woke up, like, I don't know, 2 a.m. and saw that you weren't home and just kind of been like that since. Oh, God damn it. Okay, okay. Okay, shit, 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 shit. Okay. All right. Um, 
Cor, I gotta go handle this. You do whatever. It, it, live your best life, I guess. Right. And there's a real particular way to do this. It starts with knocking on the bedroom door. Mm-hmm. Just a real gentle... Anna? Uh... You go ahead and describe this to me, because, like, I, I don't know how you envisioned this whole thing to play out, so... Des- describe to me what's going to happen. There are some inputs that I'm going to want from you here, Colin, in the okay. course of this. Okay. So... The first one is... You know, I, I presume Anna is together enough to answer me when I knock on her door. Okay. She goes, yeah. I come in? Yeah. Alright. I'm gonna open the door. I do open the door. And I walk over to her. I try and keep my body language as casual as I can. I'm actually going to do blush of life. Okay, go ahead and ro- roll the rouse. Uh, I do. You're good. Yeah, just gonna try and look as human as I can for her. So I'm gonna get over to her and I'm gonna crouch so that where I at eye level, I'm gonna ask her, you okay to be touched right now? She shakes her head. Okay. Okay. You don't have to then. I'm gonna hold out my right hand to show her my palm and ask her, do you remember what these are? And I'm specifically talking about the puncture marks in my palm that I only ever let partially heal. She nods. Are you okay for this right now? It takes a while for her to respond, but she eventually nods. Okay. I'd like to sit next to you. Is that okay? Another nod. Alright. So we'll go sit next to her on the bed. And then... I will breathe deep and steal myself. And I will place my hand over my heart and I grip my shirt like I'm grabbing at my heart and I twist like I'm turning a dial. And no one can see anything happen, but I am using the blood sorcery extinguish vitae. So first I have to rouse in order mm-hmm. to do this. Fortunately, I succeed. Now, here's the thing. This is supposed to be a contested role. However, I'm doing this against myself. So it just, you can choose to fail. Right, but technically speaking, Colin, I'm not alone in here. The beast is also a voice. Oh, yeah. So, yeah, go ahead and uh, roll both rolls. <laughs> okay. 
So the attacking roll is intelligence plus blood sorcery. And that's two. Two. And... Oh, man. The, uh... The defending role is a lot. Intelligence plus occult, or no? Oh, stamina plus composure. Oh, jeez. And that's a uh, that's powerful for me. Four. Okay. I'm burning a. Oh, I should have done the fucking reroll first. I'm using willpower on this. It's fine. So that's five dice. There's two, so I'm rerolling three. That is another success. So I fail. All right. But Colin. Yeah. There's this thing in the book called winning at a cost where if a roll fails ultimately but has any successes, you can offer to let the player win, but at a cost. And it's usually proportional to how many successes they're down. Right. And And I would need need two in order to get into a winning state against the beast here. Right. Um... So my immediate thought, and you can, the it does say that you can just inc- indulge and offer suggestions. But my immediate thought here is just giving you two aggravated damage, and aggravated damage works a lot differently than the um, the damage that vampires usually take. In that you have to roll to heal it, and you can only make so you can only heal like so much aggravated damage a night. Uh, I think it's only like one a night, so. Huh. Um, yeah. I would be down for that. I would also be down for going too far and stacking a whole bunch of extra hunger. Hmm. Or considering I'm going to be getting into a combat situation next game. Instead of taking aggravated damage now, being vulnerable to taking aggravated damage next time. Uh, I'm I'm not too keen on that latter one, uh, mostly because it, that can really fuck you up really quickly. All right. So I'll I'll give you the choice if you want to go down to, to if you want to add another two pips to your hunger or if you want to uh, take two aggravated damage. That's up to you. Huh. What would be more interesting is the question. I th- Honestly, I think the aggravated damage would be more interesting because tomorrow night you can just like ask Anna, hey, I'm hungry. Can you just let me chow down a little bit and She'll probably say yes, of course, because she's there to help you out as much as you're there to help her. Yeah, that's fair. All right, so... Okay. uh, Mark the aggravated damage as the X's on your um, character sheet. Okay. 
so now I'm down to three pips of health. And um, Extinguish Vitae automatically raises my hunger by one. Okay. And let me double check my roll. I did not get any crits on that. So and it, I don't instead go up by two, which is what the effect of critical successes are. Okay. All right. So I guess Jonathan and the beast get into a bit of a fight on the inside. And you just stubbornly decide, no, you don't get to win this time. I, I force the issue. I, yeah. I, I threaten the beast down to basically a suicide pact. And it what? It rebels so hard that I wind up tearing myself apart a little bit. Yeah, yeah, that sounds good. <laughs> All right. So I take a whole bunch of damage, some really bad damage, and I get hungrier. But do in fact manage to scrub the undeath out of my blood. There you go. Jonathan raises his right hand to his mouth and bites into it along those puncture marks to get the blood going. And he will hold it out to Anna and just wait. She knows that it doesn't take long for that to heal up so she goes for it sooner rather than later kind of having to fight herself on that a little bit but you know she's she, she's been doing this a while that, that she knows if she waits too long you're just gonna have to bite down again so uh, she takes it and she starts doing little sips at first and then you know kind of gets into it in earnest because vampire blood is delicious for some reason and eventually stops when uh, when she's had enough. Hmm. I'll take my hand back and let it heal just enough that I'm not actively bleeding. But the puncture marks are going to stay. Right. And I will wait for it to take effect. It's never that long before it takes effect the if Vampire the Mastery Bloodlines is anything to go off of like someone who is nearly dying drinking vampire blood will like almost instantaneously just heal up so it it doesn't take very long it's like a matter of seconds and then she seems to be getting back to normal is not the right word but healthy yeah and when it looks like she's calmed down enough, I will motion like I'm going to touch her. Uh, she does not flinch or, you know, tell you no. So it is okay. Yeah. And I'm going to just hold her until sunrise comes and I pass out. All right. So, uh, Salem, is there anything you want to do? while this is all happening. Uh, yeah. Back at my apartment, there's something I want to do. Okay. 
since it hasn't come up yet and I took this power and god damn it I will make use of it <laughs> so premonition is like a passive thing mm-hmm. normally where you just get to be, go oh hey you're having a premonition about thing right but in this case I'm going to act I want to actively use premonition uh, it says the user can also actively provoke a premonition by focusing on a subject making a rouse check and rolling resolve plus auspics the number of successes rolled determines the level of insight on the subject, if any. So, oh, I want to do that. I want to try and have a premonition about Gary Olson. Okay. Because as far as I'm concerned, Gary Olson is the big person in our way. So I'm going to roll Resolve plus Auspects, and you get to tell me how this goes. Or, also, I'd be perfectly willing for you to just tell me, like, next week after you figure it out. Yeah, that would that would be appreciated. Although, I, I do have something, I might have something in mind, so go ahead. Alright, Premonition is Resolve plus Discipline. Mm-hmm. I got two successes. Yeah, that's enough. So, you have a premonition, and it is... It's kind of fuzzy and foggy where this is actually taking place. So, like, you can't make out fine details. But uh, there are a lot of primogen sitting around some sort of table and talking. And you see Gary Olsen getting it's not it's not actually not Gary Olson who's doing it but uh, you can you can see because you are sort of aware of what's going on all around you um, it is instead Rick Ward who gets up and shouts something and then Virginio kind of just sighs and then all of a sudden you see a stake appear in Rick Ward's heart as Stank Eye like, appears out of nowhere and then just Stank Eye takes his claws, puts them underneath Rick Ward's chin and just starts pulling his head off and just throws it on the floor and just sort of turns around like covered in blood and you can see Gary he's actively afraid and then Virginia says something and that's where the premonition ends like you couldn't make out any of the voices of what was actually said you could just only barely make out the faces but yeah uh, something happened that Virginia did not like and Stankai just fucking kills Rick Ward unless you prevent that from happening can be a hell of a party <laughs> so this is a thing that's going to happen not a thing that has happened Right. So, Rick Ward is going to say something stupid. It's going, and it's going to be something that upsets Virginio. Well, if that's how you feel, then stake me in the heart and rip my head off. <laughs> and then Stank Guy's going to fucking kill him. Right. And presumably, this will in some way affect. Wait, Rick Ward gets his head cut off? Pulled off? Yeah, 
yeah, Rick Ward gets his head pulled off, but you can see that it visibly it upsets Gary it Olsen. visibly upsets Gary Olsen, yes. Go ahead and roll me intelligence plus politics, which I guess is just a straight intelligence for you. <laughs> Damn. God damn it. That's my name. <laughs> hey, actually. Hmm. I'm not sure what the role, what this role is relating to, but can I make the case that I could to use insight instead of politics? Sure. Yes. Go for it. Fucking thank you. Insight <laughs> plus intelligence. That I can work with. Okay. Three successes. Well, I hope that was any good. Yeah, it's good enough. You get the feeling that since it has to be a unanimous vote to go for against the prince that Virginia is going to get that unanimous vote no matter the cost. Ah, so if the other two primogens are dead, then it's a unanimous vote. (laughs) Yup! You can also, with a three, you get the idea that with a play like that, Virgin Neo, when Pilsner is dead, probably going to declare Praxis. Yeah. Well, I'm not going to just text that. <laughs> okay. Uh, I'm going to have to spend a week thinking about that then. <laughs> <laughs> Woof. All right. So is there anything Core wants to do? Uh, honestly, Core would probably just spend some time looking over any information he has about this asylum that he can find. All right, yeah. Um, go ahead and roll me intelligence plus investigation. Okay, do. Yeah. A success out of <laughs> a wow. success. Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's, it's an asylum, all right. Uh, closed down in the early '30s. Uh, has not been used for anything since. Featured on one episode of Ghost Hunters. Yeah, okay. We'll say that. Ghost Hunters. So, like, you find a picture of it that somebody took on the internet, and uh, it's very angular. Uh, it's it filled with looks lies. like it was covered in white paint, but a lot of that starts shipping off, so you can see, like, the brick foundation underneath. Uh, a lot of the windows are busted. It's overgrown with foliage, but that foliage is also, like, dying because it's not getting enough nutrients in the ground perhaps and then it's also covered in graffiti and it it just in general looks like the exact kind of place that would be fucking super duper haunted yeah that sounds about right yup but yeah that's that's all you can find out about it so yeah you can't really find any information on it but you do find the picture That's it, everybody. Uh, y'all get three experience points. Hooray. Hooray. I'll take the experience. Hooray. Collingwood Psychiatric Hospital. 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 
where people go when they fuck up stealing things. <laughs> That's called jail. Uh, what is this asylum? Do you have no, or you just like Google asylum? I just fucking looked on Pinterest. All right, so this one might not actually be in Chicago. No, probably not. 